Greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace, alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. All of you, a little quick programming note. We are out tomorrow. Uh, I'm traveling up to uh, Michigan for the, the big house for the game. Uh, Aaron's got some travel to do over the weekend, so no show tomorrow. We will see you again on Monday. And you can see our friends over at First Cup Coffee Company right now. If you're anxious for a cup, which, speaking of Aaron, he highly recommends. He's tried it. Uh, Aaron thinks coffee is a food group, so I let him be the guinea pig here. And he came back with a glowing review for this Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company that stands for core values, family, and building community across the nation. You can get freshly roasted beans delivered in ground or whole bean texture pods. Bulk 11 roast profiles also available because there's a a flavor for every freedom-loving American. Shipped within days of being roasted, go to firstcup.com and use code DACE and save an additional 10% on your order when you do. If you subscribe, you can save an additional 10% for the life of your subscription at firstcup.com. Use the code DACE. All right, coming up on today's show, we're going to cover as much ground as we can with no show tomorrow. We'll close it out uh, with three non-political questions. We might have to do some uh, double-barreled action for Theology Thursday next hour. I was originally and still am planning on tackling whatever mindlessness Pope Francis tweeted earlier this week about war, which is in complete violation of literally every uh, tradition and historic claim of of the scriptures, let alone Christian and church history. But other than that, it was, I mean, it was right right down the middle. Other than that, but I, I and I waded into this on Twitter last night, and man, I I've been holding off because this stuff makes people nuts, and I, and it really makes our people nuts, and. We don't usually put on our best look to the culture when this stuff comes up. But there is a false choice being offered right now within, Christ- within some Christian circles on Israel, Palestine, Islam, um, uh, eschatology, theology. And what if I were to tell you that you could actually come to the right decision here without having to argue any of those things. And I'm going to try to make the case next hour for Theology Thursday that that actually is the case. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to preview a forthcoming movie. Had a chance to watch it last night. It is a tough watch. It's called Shot Dead. Uh, It is produced by our friends over at We the Patriots USA, so we'll preview that for you at the bottom of the hour. But before all of those zany hijinks ensue, we begin, as we must always, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by, remember that one time every single Major League Baseball team hosted a pride night, except for one? Everidge Farm remembers. In completely unrelated news, the Texas Rangers won the World Series last night, winning the series 4-1 to one against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are the team, I mentioned, that did not hold a pride night. Just totally random stuff, I'm sure. Moving on, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made his first advertising purchase in Iowa with this ad, which will air statewide. While Biden fails, DeSantis leads. The DeSantis administration has launched an evacuation. Safely evacuated hundreds of stranded Americans out of Israel. 
After a catastrophic hurricane, they said it would take over six months. But DeSantis got people back in their homes and rebuilt bridges in just days. And DeSantis deployed troops to the southern border to stop the invasion. Ron DeSantis, he will fight for you. He will win for us. And he will lead America's comeback. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I approve this message. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer released a video yesterday with direct evidence that Joe Biden received a payment from a Chinese company. Here's how that happened. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden, Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said loan repayment. Like the payment to Joe from AmeriCorps funds, it's certainly plausible that this payment where James and Sarah used funds from China was indeed a loan payment to Joe. But even if this $40,000 check was a loan repayment from James Biden, it still shows how Joe benefited from his family cashing in on his name. Let's check in on Harvard, shall we? For those of you listening, that's a group of feral human beings surrounding and accosting a group of Jewish students and shouting them down. Kamala Harris, your thoughts. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. The American Ornithological Society, or AOS, plans to change the names of all the bird species named after people, including changing those named after slave owners. In a news release Wednesday, the organization said it will remove the names given to North American birds, such as Lewis's woodpecker, Townsend's warbler, and Anna's hummingbird, adding that the monikers will be replaced with ones that honor the species' geographic jurisdiction. They made it to the birds, folks. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Secret Service mistakenly spends four hours protecting Halloween butler decoration. For those of you listening, sorry, you just got to see the graphic with this. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Eden Pure's Outstanding Thunderstorm Air Purifier, not Freshener Purifier. That's why it's so effective in killing the germs, bacteria, and uh, other dirty stuff that is causing those odors in your home, whether residue from cooking or cigarette smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, even that mildewy smell in the basement. No match for the Eden Pure. We have had so many huge uh, endorsements of this from within our audience. And that's also why they've had thousands of five-star reviews online because of how well this works. And it's filterless. You'll never repair or I'm sorry, you'll never replace the filter either out of pocket or out of your own time. So if you want to find out why this has become such a popular product within our audience, try it yourself today. Get the three-pack for whole home protection for under $200 and you get free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. Coming up in today's overtime, and if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, now is a great chance to do so. Uh, you can uh, bundle both a subscription to Blaze TV 
And the brand new Blaze Media website at theblaze.com. The brand new Blaze News, no ads, completely divorced from big tech, 100% unvarnished, unfiltered, uncensored by Silicon Valley truth. You can get both of those bundled together now for about the cost of one coffee at Starbucks. That's all it will cost you a month. Get both of those now today at blazetv.com slash Dace. Also later today, if you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, by the way, we're giving you Blaze news as a throw-in. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, you'll be able to watch today's overtime later today. We'll record it for you after the show. It'll be uploaded later at blazetv.com slash Dace. We're going to get into South Park has weighed in. <clears throat> you know, we have set here figuring out what has motivated Disney to lose a decade's worth of stock price and valuation currently trading at 2014 levels total panic is setting in even media that needs access to disney's brass like vanity fair and variety are trashing it so what is going on here south park has a theory and we will discuss whether we agree with that theory or maybe have a counter one of our own later today at blazetv.com slash days I want to share something I just saw a moment ago because it ties into something that, uh, Aaron, you highlighted in your montage. <clears throat> Again, I, real quick, I have no interest in, a, in any of the Hunter Biden stuff until I see action. I, I have interest in arresting Hunter Biden um, uh, and his father, for that matter. Uh, I have great interest in action. I have interest in impeachments and um, arrests. I've I, I interest in action. I, I don't want any more flow charts. I don't need any more talking points. I'm, I'm capable of doing a two-hour show every day for the blaze without Jim Comer giving me talking points to titillate you with, which there will be no payoff, right? You know, what does it say about uh, Narnia? What, what does uh, C.S. Lewis say about Narnia? Always winter, never Christmas, okay? Always the wedding ceremony, never the wedding night. Always all the stress, can we pull this thing off? Everybody's on edge. Never the bliss of the wedding night. That's what it's like with the Republican Party. Always the wedding day, never the wedding night. Always winter, never Christmas. Show me scalps, and then I care immensely. I, I don't want any more flowcharts. I don't want any more paper trails. You're, I don't need content. I can do this on my own. I don't need Republicans to fuel or to feed me content. I can come up with my own stupid things to say. Thank you very much. Okay. What I need, I can, I can program a show without you. That I can do. You know what I can't do? Justice. I can't do that. I need you all to do that. This I can do. I, I can come up with something to say for two hours or an hour and 36 minutes minus commercial breaks. I can come up with something to do, especially with these two bloviators here next to me. Well, the three of us together can just make stuff up for an hour and 36 minutes every day. All right. Uh, we don't need the Republican Party to provide us content or talking points. Steve, have you seen the flow chart on Ron DeSantis's cowboy boots? I have. Yeah. It's and and scintillating. notice. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, what we can't do on our own is justice. Policy. Those are the things we can't do on our own. We need you to do that. We'll program the conservative media platforms, the content creators. We got that. We know what to do with that. We'll handle that for you. That's our job. Your job is to do your damn job. Uh, so, Which check is this? Is this number five or six that we've proven, uh, proven have come exactly. straight from China? I, I just don't care. So uh, until I see handcuffs, tribunals, arrests, indictments, arraignments, I, I, I don't. So never. I don't care. So I may never care. Yeah, I just don't. I'm not going to sit here and titillate you guys with talking points for ratings or clicks that there will be no payoff for. 
I just won't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't need to be wealthy enough. If that's what's required of me, I'm not going to do that. So let's talk about this upcoming election. And it's, and it's not just the primary. It's the entirety of the election. The biggest issue, I believe, and I have believed this is the biggest issue all along. Leadership is the biggest issue. It might not be something that people can quantify when asked. But when you ask them what they think the biggest issues are, they all point to one solution. The country lacks leadership, and except for a few cases and a few instances. Our governor, a great deal of time, happens to be one of those exceptions, but they're rare. The country's rudderless. We have a president who says, they tell me not to say that. They told me not to call on you. They told me not to take questions. They told me I couldn't talk about that. We never know who they are. We, we literally do not know who is presiding over the country. We don't. There is a lack of leadership. There is a void of leadership in the country. A lack of leadership in the home. A lack of leadership in our churches. A lack of leadership comprehensively almost everywhere. And certainly when it comes to the body politic. A lack of leadership. There are two ways in which a discussion about leadership. Now let's talk about this primary. There are two ways in which the discussion of the lack of leadership will play itself out. One way is, I thought Donald Trump was a good leader for most of his presidency, in spite of everything that he faced. On this show, we would agree with much of that statement. And therefore, I want retribution for what was done to undermine his presidency and perhaps steal the last election. That's one avenue, correct? Mm -hmm. The other avenue is Donald Trump had one of the worst years in the history of the presidency in 2020. Failed every single test. Failed the riots. Failed the lockdowns. Failed with Operation Warp Speed. And somehow managed to lose a debate to a, de- to a dementia patient, hopped up on so much Adderall, he didn't blink for 45 minutes. The country has largely decided what it thinks of Donald Trump, won't vote for him again. This point of diminishing returns has been realized in the last several election cycles. Since Donald Trump came to power, Republicans comprehensively across the country have lost eight governorships, three, uh, minus three Senate seats, and minus 22 House seats. And that's even with the House majority they have now. This year, there have been 34, at least 34, off-year or special elections. Democrats have outperformed the partisan demographic of said elections on average nationwide, including places like Franklin, Tennessee, by more than nine points. The red wave we all waited for last year never showed up except in one or two places. What, what was one of those places where it resoundingly did? 
Florida. Florida. And that guy's running for president right now. He is. And we can't win if we don't talk about the future as opposed to relitigating the past. Those are the two streams of thought. Yesterday, we talked about the two meta views of the culture that are that likely have you aligned one way or the other with Trump or DeSantis. But I am that conversation was more or less talking about the conversations we're having, you know, within conservative intellectual circles or think circles. Okay, down here is today. We're talking about the conversation that's happening down here. The majority of Republican voters in the early primary states which are the only places that matter, have made it very clear they are interested in an alternative to Donald Trump. Even if you believe in the mole polls and all the leads and everything else, there are more people willing to support someone else than Donald Trump. And keep in mind, he's a former president with a with 10,000% name ID. So then, if you analyze this politically, the outcome will, will be determined thusly. The one thing we know will occur that is without a doubt is that Donald Trump's people are going to show up in response to the persecution that is being that is being done with him to the point that now they are attempting to take away the entire financial empire he and his family have built as we speak right now. The people that are the most loyal to him are showing up. That is going to happen. They're like the post office, man. Well, the old post office. Uh, neither rain nor sleet nor, or, nor, nor snow is going to stop them. They're showing up. That's happening. Fair? Yeah. So far, you guys agree with me on everything? Yeah. That base of people is going to show up. Okay? <clears throat> what is the great unknown is whether something can be done to galvanize the, the, the majority of the pie that in the early states that do not want him. It doesn't matter. The only, the only things that matter are what the people of Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina say. That's it. And if you want me to indulge you in your polls fetish, I will. And point out that those early states have been a very clear trend line. The majority isn't supporting Donald Trump. A plurality is, but a majority is not. So then the question becomes, what would cause that larger group to coalesce. I have believed all along. I have told every candidate going back to Vivek Ramaswamy and inviting me to MC his event in January. Every candidate that's ever talked to me this cycle. Every media person that's ever talked to me this cycle. Every campaign person that's ever talked to me this cycle. I have been adamant and consistent from the beginning of January when this process began. Whoever is determined by the public to be the strongest leader will win. Particularly in this primary. Now, in this primary, strong leadership is probably going to be defined a little bit different than it will be when the broader electorate comes in and we got to tolerate the the dreaded normies. But we're not at that stage right now, are we? No. No. All right. So that so so it's it's the whole process is going to be about strongest leadership. The whole way through. All the way to next November it will be. It might, it's just going to be defined differently when the broader populace comes in and the, and the normies have their say, then it's being defined right now. But the thread will remain the same. Who is the strongest leader?
I saw this clip right before we came on the air today. And I want to summarize it for you. We were on the air, so I didn't have a time. I didn't have time to get it to Aaron. Do you want him. me to grab it? Can you grab it really quick? Give me like 45 seconds. Okay, you grab it really quick. Because DeSantis. I, yes, I want people to see this. And the country is crying out for leadership. We do know, barring an existential crisis, that Donald Trump can exhibit leadership. We do know that. He demonstrated that. That's a known. Prior to COVID, was the economy good? Yes. Prior to COVID, was foreign policy trending yes. favorably? Yes. Prior to COVID, were we even seeing things that had been dormant going back to the the beginning of this century, like median family income? Were, were they on the uptake? On the uptake? Right. Prior to COVID, uh, did we have the lowest minority unemployment since the stat was being kept? so. Yeah, all true. But then he faced a real crisis where his worldview now is really tested. His resolve is really tested. There, there's no negotiation to have here. There's no art of the deal to be made here. You're literally up against the devil. And you watched the administration implode and, and, and collapse and pucker all the way through. On the other hand, the other guy faced a lot of the exact same situations on a pretty big stage. The largest swing state in the country. And you watched him, because of worldview and conviction, actually rose to that occasion. And the people honored him with the biggest win, gubernatorial win in the history of the state. And the Democratic Party has been reduced to ash. Smoldering ash is with the Democratic Party. It's a letterhead. That's all it is in the state of Florida right now. Which brings me to this clip. Do you agree that Tommy Tuberville should lift the blockade on military promotions? Do you agree with Republicans in the Senate? Actually, I think that what the DOD is doing, I don't think they're following the law with respect to the abortion tourism. I don't think taxpayer money should be spent on that. Uh, we have a very weak defense industrial base. We've got huge problems with recruiting. And so their focus on that, uh, I don't think it's consistent with the law. I also think it's misguided. I would also point out that you can promote people um, on an individual basis. I think the Senate has decided they have not wanted to move a lot of those. Uh, but if there's people that are mission critical, uh, they can move it um, in spite of what Senator Tubblegrove did, but I think fighting back on the Pentagon, going outside the boundaries of the law, I think that's Congress's appropriate role right. for oversight so, and checks and balances. But to answer the question, do you think that Senator Tuberville should lift the blockade that he's put on military promotions? No, because I think that he we're trying to force a change in Pentagon policy to conform them to the law, uh, while at the same time he has allowed individuals to be to be appointed. Uh, so if there are mission critical promotions, bring them before the Senate. I think he's been very clear that that's appropriate. And I know that they have done that um, in certain instances. This is the issue that Trump is in complete retreat on. The Republican Party is in complete retreat on. We wrote about this for the blaze this week. Only the American right could take arguably its biggest win of the last half century, the overturning of Roe, and turn it into a little bighorn. That's essentially my blaze column this week. Well, Steve, Trump gave us the win over Roe. You keep pointing that out. I do. Because he did. But, but he's, he sounds like Mitt Romney on the abortion issue now. 
He's uh, he's essentially abandoned the pro-life movement in this campaign. And this is supposed to, supposedly so toxic, we have to retreat on every front. It can't possibly be discussed in any form of mature tone. We couldn't possibly be on offense at all. So we have to betray the most loyal base the Republican Party has had in the last 50 years, pro-life voters. Right? That, that's what we're being sold from Camp MAGA. That's what we're being sold from the consultants. Is, am I, have I embellished anything at all? No. That that's the no. reason why we, the, the, last, the red wave never showed up, despite the fact every place where there was landmark pro-life legislation signed by a governor, Florida, Ohio, Iowa, others, the, Georgia, the governors all won there. So, again, the results don't matter. The results don't matter. Only the perceptions do in the new right. Game, what happens on game day doesn't matter. The fact you were favored in the point spread and what the point spread said was going to occur is what matters. Even though that's not what goes in the WNL column, are we assigning um, majorities in Congress on the basis of what the polls say or what happens on game day as of now? Game day. Game day. So game day is what actually matters, but on the right, it's, it's, it's not what matters. And so forget about the fact that all these Republican governors that did all these heartbeat bills that led to the over, that provided the impetus for Trump's judges to overturn Roe, all got reelected. Forget about that. It's suddenly now an unwinnable issue. This is Ron DeSantis on Morning Joe, guys, on MSNBC. To the enemy's face. To their faces dropping the term abortion tourism right, right to their faces. And with, you know, and, and without, without being a jerk, after, whether you liked what he said or not, is after that, if, is, any, is anybody who's not like insane, an insane Marxist saying, the jerk star called, and they're all out of Ron DeSantis after that? Just plain English, adult, mature. I'm, I'm used to dealing with people I don't agree with. I govern a state of 20 million. There's a lot of diverse opinions. I have to understand how to talk to people that may not share my views, and, and they expect me to deliver for them during hurricanes and floods and, and tragedies nevertheless, right? And so I'm used to this. And so I'm fine taking your question. No, I don't think Tommy Tuberville ought to back down at all. I like what he's trying to do. He's trying to enact change, change that I agree with. He's even willing to make exceptions for mission-critical appointees. I bet that's something a lot of MSNBC's audience didn't even know, probably, right? Informed, mature, on offense. That, that is leadership, right there. And that is how you take a state that made the phrase hanging Chad famous not too long ago, that Barack Obama won twice, even more recently, and make it the reddest freaking state in the country. That right there. You separate the insane from the sane. The debate in the country right now isn't right versus left. It's sanity versus insanity. That's the debate. Who's actually freaking sane? We're on the brink of World War III and our, our priorities are abortion tourism. Who the hell, other than a Planned Parenthood worker, would think that's a good idea? The list of people, small. But you've got to be on offense, man. You've got to know your stuff. You have to have conviction. Can't be just playing a role, borrowing talking points given to you because it's what the audience wants to hear. Like Rick Scott. Like too many people. That right there is leadership that is what it will take that level of messaging is what it will take 
to thread the needle it will take to win this next election. Gentlemen, your thoughts. How high were the platforms in his boots when he made those uh, abortion tourism comments? I'm so freaking sick of this. The American right, by and large, with few exceptions, is a flippin' joke. It is the opposite. In fact, it scorns leadership. It scorns sobriety. Mm -hmm. It scorns scorns all of the things that you just saw in that clip. Because I think deep down, there are a lot of people on the right who espouse the ideas that you hear on this show, the ideas that are worth fighting for, who espouse that on the outside, but deep down, they know they've not done a damn thing to lift their finger to fight for them. And so when somebody like DeSantis comes along, it's a confrontation of that. It's a confrontation of that. That's why I believe there are at least at least on the very online class of people with massive followings, that's the number one issue they have with Ron DeSantis. Not that he's, it's a terrible campaign and all of his influencers are stupid. No, it's that he confronts you on a very personal level because he's shown you, you know what? You can govern. You can govern believing all the things you say you believe. And I showed you how. And that's a confrontation. It's one that they don't want to have. So let's talk about boots. Screw you. It's the men versus the boys. There's a lot of boys these days. Yes. Not a lot of men. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. For the last decade, they have been America's only American wireless provider. They are leaders in building the absolute necessity known as the parallel economy. They offer dependable nationwide coverage uh, that also gives you access to all three major networks out there that you can switch to anytime you want for free. An outstanding customer service team that's U.S.-based, which means you can actually understand when they speak. Uh, I, I've personally experienced with our family how great their customer service team is. When they Everything's customizable. When you make the switch, you can keep the phone you have, upgrade your phone, keep the number you have, get a new one if you want. They will find a plan that works for you and your family and your needs. If you're a veteran and first responder, when you go to make the switch, let them know in advance. They've got extra ways to say thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation when you use the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. A movie is releasing soon that I got a chance to watch a preview of last night. I was warned uh, to have the tissue ready. Um, I did not have the tissues ready. I had other things ready, you know. Um, I'm, I'm a typical male. I cry when it's something to be celebrated, you know, like Anna telling me she's pregnant or something of that nature. When tragedy happens, I don't cry. I get angry. And I want vindication and I want justice. I want retribution. That was the reaction I had after watching the forthcoming movie, Shot Dead. We'll give you details on that film because the organization behind it, good friends of the program, We the Patriots USA, joins us now. Good to see our old friend Brian Festa back here on the program. Brian, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. 
you know, after watching your movie and as someone who knows a lot of what is contained in your movie has covered quite a bit of it myself and went through my own experience for many, many months writing uh, rise of the fourth Reich with Daniel Horowitz and hearing so many of these tragic stories. Um, you know, I, you'd think I was, I'd be pretty calloused about the reality of what you guys cover in that film. Uh, but, um, I'd be lying, brother, if I didn't say still knowing everything I know, having covered this story as closely as anybody the last few years, um, I, I still was left very, very angry at the at the suffering and anguish uh, that uh, was permitted to be caused via COVID and the poison poke, as your movie articulates. Yeah, I mean, that's what was uh, so hard about this whole project. Uh, we never even wanted to have to make this film that's that's the thing i mean this is a movie that never should have had to be made because these children lost their lives because of an agenda are you kidding me there there's there's a a, a baby that died 11 hours after birth naomi white we have an an 18 year old trista martin who died just three months after receiving the shot and then a 16-year-old, Ernesto Ramirez Jr., who died five days after re- receiving the Pfizer shot, running across a parking lot to go play ball with his friends. This is beyond criminal. This is diabolical. Um, you've covered that from you know uh, coast to coast. You've talked about obviously with your movie nefarious and we'll mention that later how that ties into this film but that's what this is this is satanic to have children dying and the fact that the government and the pharmaceutical industry and the mainstream media continues to deny that that has ever happened as a result of these shots is just it's i I don't know i mean i've always believed in evil i I was raised in in a christian home i was you know, a very strong, you know, Bible believing Christian home. And, you know, I I always believed in Satan. It's not something uh, that I had to be taught as an adult. I always believed there was evil. I just didn't believe necessarily that I would see this kind of evil in, in humanity in my lifetime. And I don't know if you did prior to 2020. Um, I don't know what you've seen in your life, but this took it to a whole nother level for me. No, um, I did. I, I did not anticipate that it would decelerate or accelerate, depending on your perspective, uh, as fast as it has. And I go back, Brian. I, I watched a uh, about a decade long or a decade old documentary series that uh, the BBC did on um, the rise of uh, Nazi Germany in the 1930s. I watched it on Netflix during not, during lockdowns, and. I've talked about this before, so forgive me, those of you that are hearing me repeat this, but I think it bears repeating for this moment. The documentary starts out by by pointing out um, Germany was the most enlightened, educated, wealthiest, powerful, progressive country on earth at the turn of the 20th century. Um, it had the number one manufacturing industrial base, the number one military. Um, I mean, it, it was the ruby of the West. And... Um, and it shows footage of what life was like in Germany in the early 1900s and then points out the children that were born into that era. They were born into this enlightened, um, benignly autocratic, meaning it was ruled by the Kaisers, but it wasn't a tyrannical country. This benignly autocratic um, system of, of prosperity and enlightenment uh, 
they were born into that that culture and then by the time those kids that were born into that era would turn 50 years old they would see that exact same country plunge the world into the two worst wars in the history of our species including arguably the worst genocide in the history of our species and and so with this documentary wanted to find out is how does a culture go that quick how does that go in just one generation and where does that slippage occur? What decisions get made? And it looks different in our day and time, but you're seeing some of that slippage in our society right now. You're seeing that when a culture lets go of the rope, it goes fast. When the culture lets go of the rope, it goes fast. And large swaths of this culture, particularly on the institutional level, have let go of the rope, Brian. Yes. And you know, un- unfortunately, you know, it's our children that are paying the price um, for that. Uh, if enough people stood up and you've talked about this time and time again, uh, our friend Daniel Horowitz obviously has talked about this time and time again, that, you know, it's it's us as a society that are really to blame for not standing up and fighting back against it. Not enough of us. Obviously, we have. Those of us, you know, talking on this call and, you know, on your network have stood up about it, but uh, against it. But it's it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough people. So um, this movie, hopefully what our hope is, our prayer is that this movie will reach enough hearts and minds beyond even just what we often refer to as our echo chamber, the people that are already awake to Mm -hmm. uh, this evil and who know the truth about these shots. Our hope is that this will reach beyond that and that people that, you know, heretofore have been denying this will finally wake up when they see Ernesto that you see on that poster you have on your screen lying in his casket. You see that in the movie where you see Naomi after she's passed. They dressed her up, the baby, Naomi White. Um, When you see the pictures of the smiling, beautiful Trista Martin with her friends and her sister and her family, and then you see her gravesite. You know, that was our hope is to, I know it's jarring. I know it can be um, very emotional. It's heartbreaking. Listen, it takes a lot to get me to to well up during a movie too. But I did 30 seconds into this one the first time I saw it, Um, even though I knew these stories already. But even the first 30 seconds of the movie, it's very hard to watch. And that was what we tried to accomplish. And that's what Mm -hmm. sets this film apart is there's been other films made, obviously, about what's happened the last three years. But this is the first one where you really go inside the homes of these families that, is, that have lost children. You go inside their bedrooms, you go to their grave sites, sit down with their parents in their living room. You know, that's something that hasn't really been shown before, that personal human aspect of this loss. But it, it's these are stories that need to be told. Amen. So if you want to see the trailer, go to shotdead.org shot dead all one word shot dead.org the premiere as you saw on the screen there a minute ago when brian was talking is next week november 9th in tulsa oklahoma if you're in that area november 9th tickets are available as well at shot dead.org you can see the trailer there uh if you want to go to the premiere you can do that there um how will people be able to see the film across the country brian So on November 9th, even if you're not in Tulsa, the good news is we're making this available free. This premiere event will be live streamed for free to everybody in the world because we don't want, I mean, there was some discussion earlier on in this project, you know, should there be, you know, obviously we need to raise money. uh, We'll talk about that in a moment for these families and for the film project, but 
our overarching goal is to get eyes on this. These stories need to be told. So we said, yep. you know what? Scrap that. We're not going to charge anything for it. Let's have this be 100% free online. Um, on, I'm a better activist than I am a businessman, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's my lament as um, I well, brother. Start, I hear you. Yes. I got started as an activist in this movement um, years ago before COVID even. And, and, and that's where my heart is above all. So, so let's show this to everybody for free. And this will be on our Rumble channel. Just type in We the Patriots USA on Rumble or go to our homepage, wethepatriotsusa.org or shotdead.org. Any of those links will bring you, uh, there'll be a banner on our homepage and on our Shot Dead page that says, click here to watch the premiere live. And all you have to do is click and bring you right to that Rumble feed. Or you could just go directly to the Rumble channel. So yes, November 9th, it's going to be starting at um, 6 p.m. Central Time. So that's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the red carpet pre-show event. Uh, we'll have Taryn interviewing the people in the movie on the red carpet, and then we'll have Brad from Five Times August. Uh, Five Times August will be performing the song Fight For You, which is the feature song in, on the soundtrack of the film, and he'll be there performing that live. And then at uh, Don and I will say a few words. Don Jolly, my business partner, and I will both be there in Tulsa. We'll say a few words, and then the movie will start at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then after the movie, there'll be a live Q&A and panel discussion with some of the families in the movie, as well as Dr. James Thorpe, who will be there. He's featured in the movie. And um, there'll be a Q&A from the audience, and that will also be broadcast. So the whole event Good. will run probably uh, until about, I'd say, 9.15, 9.30 p.m. Um, uh, Central Time, about 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, we've got about three minutes here. So you mentioned helping with the fundraising for the film and the promotion of the film. I have donated two of our actual theatrical posters for Nefarious, and I autographed them as well. These are, these are the actual official, with the credits, official Nefarious movie posters that were in theaters across, across the country. Um, and I autographed a couple of these as well and donated these to We the Patriots USA to use for a fundraiser. If you're looking for a unique Christmas gift this year, um, uh, something that's not widely available to go out and purchase. Um, and he loved the movie. Uh, this is, and not to mention it's to raise money for a good cause. This auction um, is, uh, is, is underway and ends, I believe, on Saturday. Brian, can you give us the, the quick details on how people can bid on those uh, audit, two autographed posters? So if you just go to wethepatriotsusa.org, our homepage, you will see right, I just put it up on the top of our homepage today. I did it myself because our web person was out. So right at the top of our webpage, um, you will see the charity auction link and the poster. Just click on that, it'll bring you to the auction. You can bid um, uh, through the charity auction site. And yes, all proceeds are going to our organization and we will put them, I'm gonna say right now, we're gonna commit these funds to the litigation fundraiser, if it's all right with you, Steve, I'm sure it will be, to the litigation fundraiser for these families in this film, because we actually are filing litigation against Pfizer. We're raising money right now uh, because of the adulteration in their shots, as in, that was announced by Steve Kirsch about a, two weeks ago. Uh, we've taken the mantle on that. We have three plaintiffs already, and two of them are from this film, uh, Ernest Ramirez and the Martin family, that are going to be plaintiffs in this lawsuit. And so we have a $50,000 fundraiser that's up there. And whatever we raise off of this, um, I've just sort of decided right now, if it's okay with you, we're going to put it towards that fundraiser. Absolutely. So if you want to bid on this, it's for a good cause. And it's uh, the, when it, there's not a lot of these left. Official 
movie posters for Nefarious, including the credits, signed by yours truly, the executive producer of the film. Uh, you can go and bid on this auction right now through Saturday to help raise money uh, for these families depicted in the movie Shot Dead. Just go to wethepatriotsusa.org, wethepatriotsusa.org, and I'll, I'll have on all my socials later th- uh, this afternoon and evening, I'll have a link to that as well on all my social medias uh, too. Uh, so there'll be a link for that there as well, and hopefully that'll help raise some money uh, for a righteous cause. And Brian, we thank you guys for all of your work, as we always do, and uh, for the work, the painstaking work. Uh, it, I'm sure it took to put this film together. It's an important movie. Watched it last night. It's very powerful. And uh, just appreciate everything you guys do, brother. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Same to you. By the way, Todd, you were telling me uh, there was a Rasmussen poll about a half an hour ago that showed 42% of Americans would be interested in a if the liability protections right. were lifted in a class action lawsuit against the COVID uh, uh, poison poke manufacturer. So that kind of ties into this conversation as well. But uh, you guys' reactions. Well, I the the number of people in this country, both the experts and the sheep, who in the name of health simply don't care if you live or die, that number's high. All right? I'm encouraged by that 42%. It's a higher number than uh, I thought possible. It should be higher. Uh, it should be torches and uh, pitchforks in the street level of hire. Again, because of what I said, the number of people, again, in the name of healthcare, professionally, politically, etc., who simply don't care if you die. They don't care if children die either. There's a whiff of Hamas to all that, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And yes, I apologize for nothing when I use that term. These are ghouls. They are terrible, terrible Dr. Frankenstein-esque creatures. And you need to deal with them before this gets any worse. Aaron? Yeah, when you come to the realization, as I did uh, at least a couple of years ago, that the Food and Drug Administration has nothing to do with and cares nothing to do with the administration of food and drugs, you open up a Pandora's box of what reality truly is when it comes to your body and this country, and what it thinks about you, and what it tries to shove down your throats. Because at the end of the day, as Todd just said, and I'd like to echo this, they don't give a wit. They do not give a wit. The people who push the various drugs on you, the various vaccines on you, you're, if anything, and this is the best case scenario, you're just a number, you're just a, st- a statistic. You're just a, a, a risk factor at best. Is that, a, is that a good place to be in? Is that a great place to be in? No. Look at what's going on. But I know this is a popular uh, story even amongst left-wing uh, circles. Look at what's, what happened with the Sackler family in Purdue Pharma. That's just, that's just a singularity story of, of this country and healthcare, uh, what we call health care. Well said. Theology Thursday next. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre and all of you, and you can let us know who you are 
and what you think about what we think. Sorry, I just tried to put down a honey crisp during the break. So, I think we're good. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email us, Steve, at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget, it's D-E-A-C-E. If you love the podcast, please show the love by giving us a five-star review. Thanks to all of you who have. And hit subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes. That way, every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. See how that works? Very clever. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at My Patriot Supply. You know, it is better to not need something, but be prepared just in case than to not have it or to need it and then not have it and not be prepared. And that's why you want to go to the country's largest preparedness company, get their three-month emergency food kit. Stays good for well over 20 years with proper storage. Up to 16 different types of meals and sides to mix and match. Uh, Breakfast, lunch, dinner, even includes drinks and snacks. So the full 2,000-plus calorie repertoire that you need uh, for nutrition every single day, just in case... Let's go, Brandon. It keeps on. Let's go, Brandoning. Go to preparewithdace.com. Take advantage of this right now. Get fast and free shipping when you do. Preparewithdace.com. Again, ditch the canned vegetables and boxed pasta. Get their delicious breakfasts, lunches, everything else at preparewithdace.com. All right. We're going to do a double-barreled theology Thursday and and try to tackle two big topics in the next 28 minutes before the next break, if you guys are okay with it. Go. All right. So let's actually start with what I originally had scheduled for us to discuss. Do you have that tweet from the Pope, Aaron? All right. This is a tweet that the Pope put out on, um, on Sunday. Let the arms cease. Stop, brothers and sisters. War is always a defeat. Always Always. Now. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Let's confront a few obvious things here. Number one. The Pope has his own private army. Has his own private army. Number two, in order to save Western civilization from the exact same worldview that is driving Hamas, the popes of eons ago raised up an army. They raised up an army in order to push back on what they called back then the Moors. We know them as Muslims who were basically just one come and go away from downtown Paris. They were going to dance the jig at the Champs-Élysées long before Hitler got there. They'd made it through Spain, Portugal. They were on their way to France and then the rest of Europe in the name of Allah. The Pope of that era formed in order to fight back a prayer circle. Nope. They raised an army. That's what they did. I'm trying to give this statement the benefit of the doubt. Don't. Okay. I just want to clarify that because I don't, I don't think there's any, and is there some nuance I don't understand? Nope. I mean, I, I think we would all agree that having to resort to war 
is a tragic demonstration of the depths of human depravity. Yes. That, but that, that doesn't seem to be what he is saying here. No. Because he's specifically saying, hey, lay down your arms. This is always a terrible thing. So defending the innocent, a terrible thing. In every circumstance, God raised up an army. They were called the Israelites. Used them as his method of judgment against the debauched, child-sacrificing peoples of Canaan. Is, is Pope Francis pronouncing judgment on God? Does he know better than God? He would not be the, he would not be the only Christian leader in, in contemporary America that, think, that, that thinks the, the path forward is to be nicer than God. That, that does seem, I know, I know you're big on more unity in the church, Todd. We are seeing it. There's a lot of unity, okay? I mean, Catholic, Protestant, charismatic, cessationist, Bapticostal, Pentecostal, pretty much everywhere you look in Christendom nowadays, people are striving to be nicer than God. There, there's some unity for you. You're seeing it. Correct. How can, how can we, how can we be more, how can we be naive, naively nicer than God? I mean, there's a lot of striving to that end happening far beyond the other divisions within the church. So you should be pleased to see that unity. No, that's not the unity that you're, you were hoping for. I am not. Because, well, that's, that's the thing that the church is the most unified on. Surrender now before it's too late. That, 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 the church is the most unified on that. But this does beg a larger question beyond the historical idiocy that is exemplified in this tweet from Pope Francis, where he's essentially making a pacifist argument. By the way, when the Lord returns, he will return with an army. Yeah, he'll return with an army with the intent of waging war when the Lord returns. He's not coming back as a baby in a manger again. Did that once. He's coming back next time with a robe dipped in blood and a sword in his mouth and a tat on his arm that says, carry on his thigh that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Coming back like that. Probably led by St. Michael. The Archangel. Yes. Defend us in battle. That's the prayer. You guys do pray that every now and then, right? That's the prayer. By the way, archangel is like mean that designates a term that is is like a general is kind of what that term means. By the way, specifically, Michael. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he has the esteem. There's only three angels whose names we that are given in the scriptures: Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. Seem to be pretty important. No. Is the Pope now screaming, Michael, Michael, lay down your arms. This is also dumb. It is very dumb, but it does, I think, unintentionally, provoke an important conversation. I think we last did a show on this about a decade ago when there was all the clamoring between McCain and Obama types to go to war in Syria. And, and we, did a, we did quite a bit at that time on what's known as just war theory. Now, if you want to know what just war theory is, its origins go to the early church, specifically Augustine. And there's a, there's a, there's a meta just war theory about what are the proper 
justifications for war. Then there are there over the years. I think Saint Augustine wrote one of the or Saint Aquinas wrote one of these. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, um, there are corollaries about within war what is just work, what is what is justifiable contact or actions within war itself. Okay, for now we're just going to talk about what are the premises for a just war to take place, meaning that the collateral damage that is risked in any war is justified because of the level of threat being faced. All right. Let's 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 begin with this principle. This will not be one of the five, and here's the reasons why. It is presumed you have a right to defend yourself. So that's. That's not mentioned here. Um, you can you can include it with with cause number two, but the idea that you have a right to defend yourself or a nation has a right to defend itself against an aggressor is kind of an automatic. So here are the five. Number one, wars must be fought with legitimate authority. Um, meaning we're not talking about mercenaries, tribal um, differences, um, acts of immediate retribution via posses and mobs of vigilantes. There must be legitimate authority. So let's apply all of these to the current fight in Gaza. Is the Israeli government a legitimate authority? Yes. Okay. Yep. Correct. Number two, the cause must be just meaning that the war must be fought, for example, in order to resist an aggression, protect the innocent, or to support the rights of some oppressed group, vis-a-vis, like I just said, some form of self-defense. Um, would that apply here? Yes. Who was the, I mean, were the Israelis the attackers? They were not. They were not. So this is in a resistance to an aggression, correct? This is, this is the great uh, Bill Pullman speech uh in independence day when the aliens come he says we're fighting for our right to exist Mm -hmm. that's literally that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. exactly furthermore the this these these hamas cells are actually with are located within the same landmass that in which the israelis currently live so this is a this is an immediate, clear, and present threat. Yes. Right. Uh, the commander of Hamas said on Palestinian television just forty eight hours ago they'll continue carrying out attacks just like this, and and since they've already carried out one on October the seventh, we're now not just talking about you know a Bedouin or Arabic blustering talking points. This is it's legitimate to assume if they were willing to do it once, therefore there is proof of concept that they would be willing to do this sort of barbaric act once again. Right. Right. Number three. The war must have right intention, meaning it must advance the good and avoid evil, have clear aims and be open to negotiations. It must not be for revenge or for the sake of killing. So there should not be some ulterior motive like a war for oil, although that would have actually ended up probably being more successful than what we were ever we were ever trying to do in Iraq for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, it must be waged without a love of cruelty. Um, so therefore, is there a right intention here? Yes. I mean, have we seen, have we seen Israeli, uh, fighter bombers, radio buildings they're about to blow up, get out of there? Yes. Things of that nature. Right. Um, did the Israelis even immediately attack? Did they get really pissed off on October the 8th, mount a ground, a ground force of IDF and immediately go into Gaza? 
No, no, didn't do that either. All right, so there's clearly a demonstration of right intention here. Anybody want to argue with this so far? We're three for three. Nope. All right, number four. It must be a last resort, all other attempts having failed or being unavailable. Well, in 2006, the Israelis gave Hamas, well, I'm sorry, Palestine or Palestinians, autonomy in Gaza, right? Right. Um, they gave that to them. Yes. They have. They were actually negotiating with with the leaders of that community at the very time that the attack took place on October 7th, they were actually in negotiations and peace talks with them. The Israelis have actually also in the last few years signed courtesy of the Trump administration via the Abrahamic Accords, several landmark pioneer peace accords, correct? They had also previously signed peace accords with Yasser Arafat, the previous leader of the of the PLO under the Clinton administration. They signed landmark peace accords with uh, with Nasser and Sadat, and e- those were negotiated under Nasser, signed under Sadat with Egypt and the Carter administration. And so we have seen that Israel has sued for peace on multiple occasions, going over multiple different administrations, multiple generations. Fact. Yes. Everything I just said is a fact, correct? Yes. All right. So they were willing, they gave up land for peace. They gave autonomy to a potential enemy in pursuit of peace. They did not seek out this war. That is not what they were looking to do. So this was a last resort. Fair? Right. So we're four for four. Now here's number five. There must be a reasonable hope of justice or a reasonable chance of success in order to prevent pointless warfare. Just war ink, forever war. We just go on and on and on. I mean, why do we have soldiers dying, stepping on uh, the same landmines and, and, and the same landminded areas in the same parking lots of Iraq over what that's pointless? What are we doing? OK, um, you know, and so the question here is, is there a reasonable hope of justice? I mean, that's that's the entire goal of the operation is to get justice for what happened to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So near as I can tell here. Now, hey, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an, a, an agent of the Israeli government. I was actually very critical of the Israeli government throughout the entirety of covid. Was I not? including the current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who was prime minister then, yes. and, and, in, and imposed one of maybe the worst lockdown in the world on his people. I, his successor, Naftali Bennett, the first religiously observant prime minister in Israeli history. I was very critical of him for turning his people over to essentially be guinea pigs for Pfizer. So I, I'm, if you want to show me as this thing goes on, we, we can get into later on at a, at a future point the just war theory as it pertains to acts of war within the war itself. Like that's where you do get into proportionality and some of those other things. Okay. But right now this ground operation is just underway. So we're really talking about does the premise for a just war for what Israel has launched in Gaza, does it meet just war theory, which apparently Pope Francis, despite the fact he spent many years allegedly being uh, catechized and catechizing others is unaware of. Okay. It's pretty clear. It does. It's five for five. Later on, you know, we can get into the fog of war. And if you want us to discuss later on, if there are controversies about the way the Israelis conduct the war, that it, then the second part of just war theory should be applied. I'm happy to discuss that at any future given time. But right now we're just talking about the premise here. And it's pretty clear to me, if you're five for five, that is Israel invading Gaza after the events of October 7th meets absolutely all five parameters of just war theory. Gentlemen, your thoughts. 
you were far more patient and generous in that analysis that you needed to be. Uh, but I appreciate it. But let me bottom line this thing. I And I just to show you, I'm equal opportunity because yesterday uh, I called out some Protestant jackasses and rightly so. Holy Father, stop being a jackass. This is, you, you keep running into this same problem over and over again. It is a you problem where you speak not from the chair of St. Peter, which is an important dis- uh, d- distinction, but you just start riffing on the plane to reporters or on Twitter, and you say things that almost invariably have got to be walked back, altered, etc. You don't need to know what any of the five points of just war theory are to know that this is silly. Because again, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is not scripture, but it is commentary on scripture and the tradition of the church from, uh, that cites scripture over and over again and has the greatest thinkers, the greatest teachers. Steve laid out uh, many of them already. Augusta and St. Thomas Aquinas. And it lays out their thinking on this matter and many, many others. And so you don't even need to know the five points. When you say something like this, And you're the leader of the church. And there is actually a thing called, not just war theory, just war theory. What does just mean in the original Greek, Steve? It means just. Just, yes. It's, uh, it means that there is a right time, a good and righteous time to fight a war. And you're the leader of this church. You know my frustration all the time, and Steve does a good job of this, when there's attacks on, we, we don't, we believe in truth. Uh, and not false red hangs and false premises. But this happens all the time where there's attacks on what people want to believe the Catholic Church thinks about itself. No, go ahead and have an argument with the church, but actually argue with what it thinks about itself. And it does a very good job of saying this in this book. You can imagine my frustration then when the leader of the church itself and the most visible Christian in the world does the same thing apparently doesn't know or doesn't care what the church thinks about itself how am i supposed to have this frustrating conversation with protestants if i have to go do it with the pope over here this is ridiculous it's called just war theory because the long-standing tradition of the church believes what you just said is horse pucky do better all right, let's do this, Aaron. I'm going to call an audible. Okay. Since just war, since we were responding specifically to Pope Francis on just war theory, I think it's right to have Todd yeah. give his re- reply. The next thing we're going to discuss is a discussion unique to evangelicalism. Okay. And I think that's now where I'll kind of turn that over to you after I make my point here in a minute. You okay with that? Yeah. All right. Before we get there, a word about one of our partners that, you know, I'll probably have to partake of here myself in the not too distant future our friends over at md hearing aids um did you know uh that they cut their price in half during this inflation craziness uh md hearing aid just made their neo rechargeable digital hearing aids only 297 dollars a pair less than 300 bucks a pair that's over 90 percent less than clinical hearing aids guys i was quoted clinical hearing aid prices of 3500 to four grand at my uh, ent here just recently. 
All right, so now we're talking about less than 300 bucks a pair. I got one of these for uh, my uh, stepdad, Jim. He absolutely loves them. They are rechargeable with a battery life that lasts up to 30 hours, and their new Neo model is their smallest hearing aid ever. It fits inside your ear, no, so far inside and so well inside your ear. No one will even know it's there. All right, MD hearing aid. Sold over 1.5 million hearing aids. They offer a 45-day risk-free trial, 100% money-back guarantee. Go to mdhearing.com. Use the promo code Steve to take advantage of this great offer. All right, less than 300 bucks a pair right now. mdhearing.com, promo code Steve. That's mdhearing.com, promo code Steve. All right. This next debate gets us into theology and eschatology that can drive some people crazy, but but I've, I've seen this playing out on Christian social media the last couple of days, and I, I, I wasn't going to wade into it, man. I tried to avoid it, and now I just kind of feel compelled like I need to say something. If you're using your theological or eschatological belief that the Church of Jesus Christ is the replacement for the kingdom of Israel, and therefore... This iteration of the nation of Israel has no theological or eschatological significance. If you're using that to justify not standing with Israel against savages, you need to know you are actually guilty of the exact same thing you're accusing the dispensationalists of. Uh, You are urging the United States, just like them, to engage in a foreign policy that may or may not be advantageous to its natural national interests on the basis of your theological eschatological beliefs, just as you accuse the dispensationalists of doing. You say, hey, the dispensationalists are using their belief in the specialness of Israel and the eschatology of that. This is the this is Israel in the end times to justify dragging us off into war in defense of something that is has no sacred no that is not sacred at all, according to your eschatological view. Well, you're making the same argument just in reverse. You're saying completely ignore that we have the exact same enemies who did this to us on September 11th, just like they did to them on October 7th and let the whole thing go because it doesn't line up with my theology and eschatology. You are also urging the U.S. to engage your theology and eschatology over its own national interests, exactly what you're accusing dispensationalists of doing. Because here's the truth. It's not even required to even, re- to even wade into the replacement versus dispensational debate. Steve, what is that? That's a whole show, okay, frankly, all right, um, that we'll maybe touch on in the future. And by the way, there are renowned leaders in the history of Christianity who have vehemently disagreed on this question. All right, so um, you don't even have to wade into that debate to stand with Israel here. Because like I just said, the same savages that did this to them on October 7th are the same ones that did this to us on September 11th and for the exact same reason. It's the same impulse. It's the same worldview. So it's not, it's not Zionism. It's not Judaism. It's not some vestige of Christian theology that you think largely got made up by some British dude named John Nelson Darby 160 years ago. And there might even be some truth to that, but that's another, again, that's another topic. All right. That is not prompting what occurred on October 7th, nor on September 11th. It is the worldview inspired by a not insignificant segment of Islam that has this at its roots at the very history of the religion itself. That's what inspired it. There has never been a time the descendants of Ishmael have not sought to wage war against the descendants of Isaac. That is historical fact. Muhammad himself spent the last 20 years of his life in warfare daily. You don't need to take a theological leap to acknowledge any of these things. They're, th- they're facts of history. That's why, folks, if Hamas were to lay down its arms tomorrow, um, Jew, Christian, Muslim alike, more people would live. 
If Israel were to lay down its arms tomorrow, Jew, Christian, Muslim alike, more people would die. That impulse would not go away by Israel laying down its arms. They would just act on the impulse even more savagely because there's no check and balance against it now. So you can make all the theological attempts you want to separate Christianity from Judaism, which I find fascinating since God himself entered into history as a Jew, but YOLO, okay? You can keep doing that all you want um, or to separate Christianity from Zionism all you want. But here's the thing you need, you need to understand. Islam will not permit this nuance of you. It will not accept it. You're negotiating against yourself. You have the same theology as John Boehner negotiating against the Obama with the Obama White House, which he wasn't. He was just negotiating against himself. You can scream out loud all you want. Christians have and Muslims have much in common. Christians and Muslims worship the same God. I would urge you, though, to go to no city in Jordan, the most modernized Muslim dominated culture in the world and say that out loud in any densely populated area, because I'm pro-life and I, I want you to live. You won't. You won't if you do that. Therefore, you're not making some nuanced or precise theological, eschatological point. Actually, you're not doing that. You're, you're, you're not debunking the dispensationalist. You're making Showing the same temperature IQ. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 that's what you're doing. Yeah. You are asserting something the savages will find pointless. And they will point their swords at your throat and slit them nevertheless. You don't even have to decide which of these theological camps you are in to determine, oh, we're, we're both, the, the, the Quran calls both of us the people of the book. We're both the enemies. The Quran, they, 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 it wages war against the both of us just the same, regardless of your theological attempts at nuance. Islam will not accept your nuance. It will laugh at you. And then it will smite you at the neck. Aaron, fair or unfair? Fair, exceptionally fair. It's very odd watching this debate play out, uh, play out and it, it started playing out on, you know, uh, noon of October 7th. It was just very, very odd. I'll just speak for myself. When I saw what was happening in Israel, and I have texts with my friends saying the same thing, my first instinct was, I hope Hamas and the people responsible for carrying out these atrocities are, are, are wiped off the face of the planet. That was my first reaction. And then space bar, space bar, space bar. And I let it, I let it pl- pl- publicly, I let it play out for a couple of days. And space bar, space bar, space bar. My second reaction was just having grown up as an evangelical, uh, influenced by uh, dispensationalism. I thought, okay, let's, this, something might be happening when it comes to Israel here. But that's not my primary focus right now. So when people started implying via innuendo or just overt uh, overtures that our support or my support for Israel doing what they need to do was driven by my eschatology? No. And that doesn't even make sense, actually, does it? That doesn't even make sense. If my eschatological view was driving this, I would actually be like... not cheering for, but I would be looking forward to even further attacks on Israel. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. For practical purposes, just as a, a human being, my response is um, they have every right to defend themselves. And I hope that they carry out what needs to be done to stop Hamas once and for all, once and for all. 
there's ample evidence, as we just laid out in just war theory, that they are justified in doing so. That is completely separate from whatever eschatological view I may have at any given moment. Oh, well, you want America's uh, involvement in the war? No, no. That's always the logical next step. This is not about eschatology. I'm just they have the right to defend themselves. Oh, so you want American involvement? No, I just think providing support and leadership and saying, no, they are justified in doing this when the rest of the world wants a ceasefire, including Pope Francis, apparently. I think that's a valuable thing to do. Because unlike Ukraine, I can see internationally the strategic value of having a close ally right smack dab in the Middle East. That doesn't mean we have to get involved uh, with pew-pews right out the gate. It's a completely different story than Ukraine. So attaching this to eschatology was just right from the get-go was very, very odd to me. Because just speaking for myself, I saw that and I'm like, I hope they... I hope they take care of Hamas once and for all. Just very, very odd. It is very odd, which is why I don't understand how you can maintain this logic consistently. I, I don't find it logical at all. So here's why I laid this out yesterday on Twitter, and I'm laying it out now. I'm trying to find out if there is a reason you could possibly think this way without just being flat out an anti-Semite. Right. I don't like when people just assume it must be you must be a racist or something if you disagree. So I, I would love to know what is the sta- what is the opposition to letting Israel defend itself other than you just hate Jews. I, I don't know what it is, but YOLO. Ah, uh, yes, our good friends at Samaritan Ministries. Healthcare costs, like everything else these days, aren't getting any more inexpensive. Quite the opposite, in fact. So this is the time of year that uh, many of you are wondering what you're going to do to pay for your family's medical bills next year. Uh, Consider our friends at Samaritan Ministries. Um, Be a part of their Christian community so that when you have a medical need, uh, their members send money directly to you to help you pay your medical bills, and you'll do the same for them, all while praying for and encouraging one another. No networks which puts you in control of your family's health care. You do what's best for you. So you choose the doctors, hospitals you want to go to. You have a say in the treatments you receive. You set your start date. You can join today and start health care sharing with Samaritan Ministries right now. Um, or join today and choose what month you'd like to start in the future. It's up to you. So whether it's a broken bone, cancer, pregnancy, other medical emergencies, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 plus Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially during a time it's needed the most. So, and it could also be a lot more affordable than what you're doing right now. Check it out. SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace is where you want to go. SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. All right, time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. And that means it's time for the, uh, the baby bump herself. 
my oldest daughter Anastasia. How are you, sweetie? Good. How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing very well. How is uh, how's Autumn doing? Good. We're like playing now. Like she'll kick, 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 kick until I like push in, and then she'll be like, and she'll kick back again. <laughs> so just to, just to make sure she she's gets like, the last are word. you there? Yeah. So it's it's fun. It's like weird though at the same time, and I bet it looks like weird to people, other people who don't know I'm pregnant, because I'm just like in public, just like pushing on my stomach, but. No, she's good. All right. Well, We're that's good. good. We're all getting very excited. The day is drawing closer and closer. Oh, I don't I know it. <laughs> by the way, what, by the way, sweetie, what, what time of year is it? It is Christmas season. I almost texted you actually because I was, I was laughing at myself because I was listening to Christmas music on the way, and I was like, a love for Christmas plus pregnancy hormones means I was like bawling on the way to work. <laughs> listening to Christmas I'm really going to be home for Christmas this year. <laughs> just yes. like I was so excited. But I'm just so hormonal that I was just like crying and people, but yeah. So it is Christmas season. I changed my computer desktop background. Mm. My Twitter feed background, I changed that. Steven and I are probably going to decorate for Christmas next weekend because he's at drill this weekend. So he's the, he's the same way as I am. So he's sure. super excited. You hear that, sure. Erzin? That's a that's a soldier sure. talking now. Right, Stephen. <laughs> you're the same way. <laughs> I, I, I see what you're doing there. I respect it on some level. You're going to keep the pregnant woman happy. But just for the record, I'm getting hormonal. I'm about to cry over all of this nonsense. <laughs> it's November 2nd. It is all souls day. All right. Question number one. So question number one. So each week I ask you guys a non-political question. So if you could ask any um, presidential candidate, a non-political question, who would you choose and what would you ask? A non-political question. To any of the presidential candidates of your choosing. I'm trying to think what would be a non-political question I would ask. I would ask... Um, I would ask Donald Trump... Is human nature basically good? <laughs> That's what I would ask. That's going to be fun. If it has to be non-political, I'm going to ask that. Is is human nature basically good? That's what I would ask. Todd. I'd ask Joe Biden, why do you sniff little girls, you giant weirdo? That's a good one. <laughs> Could might, you restate? Might, might like that better than my own question, actually. <laughs> Could you restate the question? Sorry, Anna. No, you're good. So I, when I ask you guys a non-political question, what candidate would you choose to ask okay. a non-political question to, and what would the question be? Okay. That is a good question. You know what? Um, I would ask Cornell West. I forgot he was Are right. you even real? <laughs> Cornell West. Is it smoked? Yeah. <laughs> Are you even real, bro? <laughs> I totally forgot that he was running, actually. He is, though. He's running independent, too, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's independent. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Sorry. I'm out. <laughs> I've just, there are some things I've just chosen not to know, and that's frankly... Oh, another, frankly another one good one. Uh, I could ask Doug Burgum. Are your eyebrows actually real? <laughs> Dude, do you I'm, have prosthetic eyebrows? I've got to represent for my man, Doug. I mean, I go to get the haircut now... And I'm like, I need you guys to trim the creepy social study teacher eyebrows I get, you know, every six weeks. So I got to stand with, I got to stand with people that have some eyebrow issues. I have some of my own. 
I just get my hair cut often enough that you don't see them very often. But you're part right. of the already, big eyebrow community. Already gone way <laughs> too far with that information. You know, since we're on the topic of hair, um, oh boy, I have to give you credit, Steve. You've you've prepared me in a lot of ways for some of the issues of of getting you know progressing into adulthood. You never told me about nose hair. Good oh my Lord. gosh, dude, it's it's good. It's it, horrible, it, and it's only going to get worse. It is. It is. It is only going to get the amount of hair I am pulling out of my nose on a bi-weekly basis is all right it's, Anna, would you it's, like to shoot somebody it's <laughs> prodigious all right god bless us everyone let's all right. move Be- on <laughs> before we get to uh question number two this won't help with the hair in your nose but um did you know that uh, your liver is one of the powerhouse organs in the body uh performs and is involved in a, you know about 500 functions and other issues that are key to your health all right but these things uh these livers are so important they can also get taxed as we get older years and years and years of everything from statins to cigarettes to other medications um it it can also uh make a difference in your weight management your energy level your cholesterol hormone health even brain health all right so uh, if, if you are looking to give your liver the help that it needs, uh, you want to check out our friends with the liver health formula at pure health research, try the product. That's an all natural supplement packed with clinically proven botanicals to help you recharge and protect your liver. You can go to my dedicated page. And if you order it from there, you'll also get a free bottle of their nano powered omega threes as well. So that's a total discount of about 64%. You won't find this offer anywhere else today. When you go to getliverhelp.com slash. Steve, remember a healthy liver is a happier you. Getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Again, getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Okay, question two. So if you could, for lack of a better term, cancel one talk show host, who would it be and why? I'm going to let you guys go first. I got to think about this for a second. Whom would it be and why if I could cancel one? (sighs) Coming up with just one is the problem. (laughs) Honestly, I would say I, the sports talk count as well. That, that's talk show. Yeah. All of it. Dan Patrick. Really? Yeah. I can't stand that guy. Well, you know, that I used to our entire to show was like the guy who helped create the Dan Patrick show, Chris Crane. Oh, I forgot about like it. created our entire show and we pat Chris and I patterned it after since, the Dan Patrick show. And hey, it, it, it seriously, <laughs> other since, than that, good call. Kid. Since COVID, <laughs> I just can't stand the, the dude. Has he been terrible since then? Has he been like a COVID idiot? Just, yeah. I don't, oh, well, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't he was that to a T. I mean, really? they, they literally had plexiglass in their studio uh, so they could separate the on-air talent from uh, each other. Oh gosh, that's bad. That's really bad. What about you, Todd? I would get rid of the entire cast of The View. O- only so conservatives would stop like caring about it. I mean, I only find out from yeah. from us clickbaiting it what Why? is ever said on The View. I would I never know. <laughs> Why? Stop. Who cares? I mean, I'm, unless unless I... Do they really... I, I, what are the rating? I I believe the ratings of that show. My guesses are probably like a lot of the current Disney movies that you t- like. It can't be I have doing no idea. that well. I think that it's just there as a perpetual troll. I don't care if it makes money. I. But why do? Why does our side care about them? That it's always dumb. Oh, that's a good answer. I probably should have gone first so I could have used that one. 
I can't do Hannity, guys. I'm sorry. I can't, man. I just can't. I, I'm, you know, I, I want to say his reputation for how he treats people in industry is very high. Okay, but this is kind of a big uh, deal because there's a lot. Of yeah, because there's a lot of people that we actually like their content who do not treat people well. All right, but um, so thank you for that point of order, Aaron. But I just, and even even though he's been relatively fair to my guy, DeSantis, I just. It's just so banal. It's just such team GOP. I, I just and I'll never, I, I'll oh never forget gosh. what he did to Kathy Barnett. There's that too. I and you, you know, I, I tuned in his pre-debate. I tuned in his pre-debate special before the last GOP debate, and man, it was like him and Carl Rove. And it was for a minute there, it was debatable that Autumn was ever going to meet her granddad. I mean, I was, I was about to just tap out on existence. Okay, I just, I can't, I just can't do it. If you could go back into a time machine, I'll give you one. You would have to go back and cancel the John Stewart show. It, you think it kind of led to a lot of this? Oh, it's it. Yeah, it was incredibly dangerous. It absolutely changed the moral psychology of an entire generation on what truth is, what argumentation is. You know, it be, it was it was one big, it, it was winking and nodding. You dank, mm-hmm. dank memes, everybody. Just do the dank memes and you win this thing. I, it was it was deeply, deeply destructive. All right, before we get to question number three, our friends over at Preborn want you to know if you're looking for a place here, as we get to the end of the year, a lot of people, particularly the holidays, looking to make charitable donations. Did you know a $28 donation to Preborn is an 80% chance that that's going to save a life for just 28 bucks? That's what one of their ultrasounds cost. And over the years, 80% of the time when they show a mom in crisis that ultrasound and she hears that heartbeat, that convicts her conscience touches her heart she doesn't go through with killing her kid would you spend 28 bucks for 80 percent odds to save one of god's creations i I know that you would a lot of you would but the battle doesn't end there you got to take care of the mom too Uh, she still is in a crisis situation so they offer both pre and postnatal care including counseling all of that is free of charge as well provided they've got tax deductible donations available from people like us. If you'd like to make one today, our family's donated to Preborn. I can't give it a better recommendation than that. Go to preborn.com slash Steve. Again, that's preborn.com slash Steve. You can also dial pound 250 on your mobile phone and say the keyword baby. Pound 250 and say the keyword baby on your mobile phone or go to preborn.com slash Steve. All right, final question, Princess. And then my final question for you guys is, since Halloween was just a couple days ago, what is your least favorite thing about Halloween? <sighs> Adult Halloween. Elaborate. It's It's gone too far. The, the adults, you know, needing to go out and get their freak on or do whatever. Like, it's, this is not, this is not for you. It's... Settle, settle down. Fun may only occur in very specific ways that are, of course, limited, and also in very limited doses. Issues Todd Erzin from his nail chair. <laughs> that is an edict. Wait, the, straight go, from his chair of nails. Go down. No, the, go, no, this is worse. Go down my <laughs> just my street. There are entire yard. These stigmata people, now. I, I I think there's a coven of witches. Yeah, 
who lived they, their Actually, whole I'm thing. Track, I'm tracking with is you. is yeah. like is like um, uh, Christmas vacation, and what he lights up is for yes. Christmas. Yeah. Halloween. There's corpses. There's yes. dead babies. So this there's is everything. Be, okay. it's, it's a great well, I didn't realize that we were going it. there. Yeah, okay. this, this was mine as well. The the obsession with the macabre yeah. over just hey spooky get decorations. Yeah, yeah. That is really weird to me. I mean, in our neighborhood, there are two gigantic skeleton uh, displays out in yards that are one of them's got to be 12, 15 feet high. It's ridiculous. There are fake corpses everywhere. Body bags everywhere. It's just ridiculous. There are there are more fake corpses in our neighborhood than there are political signs. You know, with an election, you know, off your election coming up in multiple areas. It's very odd. It's just, I dare say there are more Halloween decorate. I'm seeing more Halloween decorations some years than I do, at least to the same degree, Christmas d- displays. That, that's what gets me. Yeah, and it's not for the children. Not in any good way. See, when Stephen and I drove for our year anniversary to wisconsin and we were passing houses somebody had like literal like baby doll heads like sticking out all over their yard with like grave signs and everything as we were driving yeah yikes but i did see skeleton taylor swift and travis kelsey also so that was cool as well i i was just gonna say that i don't like candy corn that's all i was i was just gonna do that i don't I don't like candy corn. And I didn't, I like didn't know you didn't like candy no, corn. No, I don't like it when you guys when you guys brought it home. Oh. And you guys had these like you couldn't steal it from us. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had this like very acute moral statement teed up and I was just gonna be like Oh candy corn, I kinda find that annoying. So that was that's all I'm bringing to the table. It was just the candy corn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It was all manufactured in 1942. That's all why candy tastes, corn was? Yeah, that's why it tastes awful. To the Babylon Bee, uh, kids can't tell the difference between candy corn and orange crayon that they made. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I love taking you guys trick-or-treat. I missed the heck. This year, I forgot it was beggar's night. Oh, really? Yeah. Your mom and I were like making plans what we had to do in errands. We had to run Monday, and all of a sudden, we were like, oh, crap, it's beggar's night. We forgot. Now, when you kids were growing up, this is one of the biggest nights of the year to get you guys ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Go out trick-or-treating. We always took Cap on the longest walk of the year. That was his Christmas. Okay. I mean, he basically walked the earth for like two hours. It's right. cane from Kung Fu. Yes. Okay. But, uh, you know, um, I miss I miss those days. Those were so much fun. I miss them quite a bit. Well, Not, they're coming back. They're coming pretty back. Pretty soon. They are coming back soon. I, I miss the amount of uh, 100 grand uh, bars you guys brought back. Because this this was the only time of year that ever that the they were usually available, and and those things are so chewy. You want to get the little ones. Mm-hmm. You try eating like the full size bar. I mean, you're chewing on that thing for days. All right, like a dog with a bone. You want the little snack ones, right? Those are really good. I'll keep a mental note of that. Yeah, that not that that was a hint or anything, <laughs> but but it, but it kind of was. All right, thank you, Princess. All right, we're gonna stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. We're off tomorrow. We'll see you Monday. Until then, John three seventeen.